What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Swing Mechanic Podcast. This is Jamie Savalas. And uh, I thought for this podcast, I wrote down some topics that people typically ask me about pertaining to the baseball swing. And just some, some misunderstandings, some questions that I typically get. And uh, just take the time to, to clear those up a little bit. Um, the first one is exactly what is a front arm dominant swing as opposed to a back arm dominant swing. And this is misunderstood and understandably so because when I say front arm dominant, people just assume that it just means that the front arm is contributing more and the back arm is contributing less. But that's not really what it means. It means that the structure of the swing is such that if you took a swing only with that arm, how would the structure of it change? Um, So in other words, let's say we swing with just our front arm and we keep it mostly straight, as straight as you can. This automatically puts you into what I call a front arm dominant structure of the swing. So what happens because the back arm is not able to contribute anything is the front arm is going to compress up against your chest and you're going to take a route in which the hands drop at the start of the forward swing and the barrel flattens out. And so this is what I call a front arm dominant swing because the structure of it is such that um, it, it would be the structure that would take place if you swung with just your front arm. So if we take a back arm dominant swing, this would be more like, a, like what you would do with uh, a wiffle ball bat. You know, we tend to be very back arm dominant with a wiffle ball bat because it's just, it it just um, lends itself more to a back arm dominant movement. This is a, a big reason why I make the case that swinging with plastic bats is one of the worst things you can do for your baseball swing growing up because it just makes you more back arm dominant and the theme throughout all my podcasts is that back arm dominant swings just don't have anything to offer a hitter in baseball. So, um, so it, it more pertains to the structure of the swing. I want to emphasize that it's not just about what arm is contributing more. It's more about how do you arrive at the structure of the swing? Do you arrive there through a back arm dominant structure or do you arrive there through a front arm dominant structure? Back arm would simp- back arm dominance, you could think of as just being more of an old school approach to the ball. Think of the hands working more in front of the body and not getting a, much of a stretch in that front shoulder across the body as you start down 
Also, what's going to be characteristic of a back arm dominant swing is a very disconnected position at contact. So think, think of, uh, you know, guys like, mm, I want to say, you know, back arm dominant would be guys who basically hit more for, for, uh, for slap hitting and base hits, you know, um, even some of the great slap hitters like Tony Gwynn is actually pretty front arm dominant. Um, you know, we think of him as throwing the hands, but he actually didn't throw the hands all that much um, in, you know, relatively speaking. Um, among the amateurs, you get guys who are very back arm dominant, very much throwing the hands. Um, but in, in the pros, and especially the pros who, who hit well, you're going to get mostly, you know, as they hit better and better, you're going to get more and more front arm dominance. It's the one characteristic that is completely correlated to great hitting. You know, it's said often that there is no one secret to the swing. I, I read that in just about everything uh, that has to do with swing instruction, and it's just something that I completely disagree with. I think that just because there hasn't been an answer or a secret uh, to the swing doesn't mean that there isn't one. And uh, I believe front arm dominant structure of the swing is really the secret. Now, all I'm saying is that there is a best way to swing. That shouldn't be such a surprise because the position out there right now among all the hitting coaches is there is no best one way to swing. Um, and I don't see why that would be. There's always a best way to do anything. I want to move on and talk about sort of the the uh, area in the swing in which people tend to focus, and I think it's mis it's a mistake. There's actually a, a more important uh, time in the swing. Um, so much of of teaching mechanics out there have focused on the movement that you make through contact. For example, extension is something that you hear a lot about and how important it is to extend through contact and that will elongate the distance that the bat is squared through the zone. This is, this is not true. Um, just because you're extending your hands outward toward the pitcher through the zone, that alone will not increase the distance that the bat is square. So what I want to basically say is everybody seems to focus on the movement that you do through contact and how important that is. Getting on plane, extending through the ball. There's so much talk and, and even hitting impact bags. And by the way, I'm the one who brought impact bags to the baseball scene with my book in 2010. Nobody used them until I mentioned that. But I would actually probably not use that much at all now. Um, and the reason being is because the most important part of the swing is really the very first part of the forward swing. 
that is what that's the real actual swing in a way um it's almost like your positioning and movement through contact is like the finished product like a finished pie that you baked you know the presentation of it the look of it the taste of it everything um is that finished pie but the process you went through prior to that is really what matters that determines what the what the finished product looks like right well in the swing think of all the work that you do as being the very first part of the forward swing and the pie is how you look through contact the finished product is how you look through contact it's almost like that's your reward you know how how square was the bat how much force did it have behind it um these are things that are determined by the very start of the forward swing how you perform that action um so i think that as we move forward in swing instruction I think that more and more focus will be put on the real swing in the swing, which is the forward swing, the very first part of it, connecting the what I call the back swing or what happens in the stride into the forward swing. That very moment that you redirect the bat, that's in a way, that's the real swing. Um, that's when initial backward bend of the bat is determined. Um, that's when your arm positioning is determined. The flow of the bat is either maintained or disrupted. And so, again, as we move forward into swing mechanics, there will be more and more emphasis on this. Right now, we overemphasize what we can control through contact. It's basically pretty much all over at contact. Most of the of what you do through contact is going to be adjusting to the pitch slightly, maybe halting your rotation just a little bit and letting the arms sling out, um, maybe rotating more and uh, and and uh, keeping the arms um, nice and tight to the body. Maybe if you're uh, a little late on the pitch. Who knows? Depending on where the pitch is or or when you decided to swing, uh, it will call for different adjustments. These adjustments are quite simple to make um, provided you have the proper swing. Provided you're giving yourself a long moving fulcrum. Um, th these adjustments are, are quite simple. Um, so that's the second thing that I wanted to discuss. Um, and another thing that I see a lot is the, uh, the, I see a lot of the PVC drill out there right now. Um, another thing that, that I believe I introduced with my book, Positional Hitting, because uh, I had never seen it before that. Another thing I'd never seen, and now I see it all over the place. Although I used a, I think I used a bat to demonstrate it, and I held it across my shoulders. 
Um, now you see guys using a PVC, holding it across their shoulders, and then hitting balls with it. Um, this is just, you know, so much of the swing instruction industry is show. Uh, you'd be amazed. Um, for someone like myself who, who has taken the swing so seriously in my life, to then go out to these conventions and see guys that seem to have put very little import on what exactly the device or concept was training and more import on how catchy is it, how gimmicky is it, and does it sparkle? Things like that. Um, things that come to mind are like bats that click training bats that click. Um, they're just novel ideas, but there's no, they're actually not working anything that's gonna make any, any uh, improvement to your hitting. And, and I think the PVC drill is a perfect example of this. Um, it's, it's actually quite damaging on your joints you're, you're swinging in a way that really your body is not designed. Your body's not designed to hit things with your shoulder. It's just not. And, and it's going to take a lot of beating in the rotational joints in your body if you try to hit with your shoulder in that way. Um, and plus, it's, it's nowhere near the movement that we make to hit a baseball. You're just drilling you're drilling the wrong cadence. Remember, you have to use your arms. So if you're drilling a, a movement that doesn't even involve the arms, then how's your body gonna really learn how to work along with your arms? Um, I just don't see anything that it's working. It's, it's just, um, it's a speed drill. You know, you always have to ask, what is it that the instructor is drill is is really working on um and a lot of times uh swing coaches and hitting coaches out there their drills are not even working mechanics in any way they're really just working increased speed um even a lot of uh richard shank's uh theories on the swing they're not really mechanical they're they're more speed they're they're um they're strategies for improving your bat speed uh being quicker um which which is fine but that's the only you know system that he's working on is speed uh i don't see you know getting on plane with the pitch is not really uh, not really a system in my eyes because it doesn't really, it's not really going to help much at all with power or consistency. But, um, anyways, the, uh, the PVC drill is, is just something that, you know, a lot of drills out there are just waste of time. And, um, what you want to do is you want to make your drills obviously as 
targeted as possible to a particular skill that you're trying to improve. And um, what are you trying to do with the PVC drill exactly? Uh, increase hip flexibility or or what? Because it's just, I don't see what it's doing that's helping. Um, next topic, I've, I've drilled the PVC uh, drill enough. And uh, I want to talk about how the front arm right now is is um, by all other hitting coaches is really not seen as important in any way. And, and what I mean by that is instructors will say, well, you can have it pretty straight. That's okay to have it like that as you, as you start the forward swing. And others will say you want to bend it a lot, you know, 90 degree bend. Uh, I think Craig Wallenbrock recommends as you uh, go into the forward swing, which is absolutely crazy to me because you could look at every one of the top 20 hitters of all time and you're not going to see a, a 90 degree arm going into the forward swing. So that's um, just shocking to me that. Um, that you can gather that from from the video data that we get from major league players. Um, now I do want to say I think that that problem of thinking that the front arm should be ninety degrees comes from two players in particular, and that's Barry Bonds and Miguel Cabrera. Um, and those guys, I've talked about it many times, they are poor models to get your, your swing instruction from. I mean, Miguel Cabrera was, this is, what I say is he's like a, he's like a Tony Gwynn, like five inches, a Tony Gwynn who was five inches taller and weighed 50 pounds more. That's what Miguel Cabrera was. He was a slap hitter who, whose slaps often went out of the park, but he was a huge guy. Um, so same with bonds. I mean, we know bonds hit totally differently when he, when he gained, you know, whatever he gained 30, 40 pounds or whatever. Um, so these are poor models to, to gain information on, you know, what the best swing approach is. Um, not to say these guys had horrible swings. Obviously they had good swings. But I think that they are anomalies in terms of their positioning when you look at the top 20, top 30, top 40 hitters of all time. And the reason why they're anomalies is because they did it mostly with strength. You know, there are other skills other than swing mechanics and hitting. I do believe swing mechanics is probably the most important one, um, the first one that you want to get. But... Even if you're deficient in those, you can still hit very, very well. Um, and I think that that's what happened with, with those guys. Um, they just put their strength through the roof um, and, uh, and were able to hit really well by doing so. So um, the front arm, you know, 
the the uh, opinion of hitting coaches out there is it can go either way. You know, it's oh, you know, it's okay to have it straight, or no, you don't want it straight because that'll uh, lead to bat drag. I I hear that a lot. Listen, your front arm dragging across your body is not the bat dragging across the body. The front arm dragging does not mean that the bat's going to be late. There is no correlation there. Are you going to be a little bit more open at contact? Yes, you are. Were the best hitters ever more open at contact? Absolutely, they were. The best hitters ever had more bent back arms at contact and they were more open at contact. Those two things go together. And the best possible positioning you can have is to have the front arm as straight as possible and being as compressed as possible up against your body as you start the forward swing. You want to work this. If you, if you can't do this now, it's either because your back arm is getting in the way and pushing outward or throwing outward or somehow otherwise contributing too much in the form of forward movement, if that makes sense. Okay, the back arm should not be contributing into forward movement at the start of the forward swing. That is very, very important. If it does that and the front arm remains as straight as possible, then you're going to naturally get the flattening of the bat and the compressing of the front arm against the body. Does it mean that the back arm contributes nothing? No, it's there for support. Think of the back arm in the baseball swing as the non-shooting hand in the jump shot. It's contributing support. It's not doing nothing. Just because the non-shooting hand in the jump shot isn't pushing outward, it doesn't mean that you do just as well without it. It still has a, an important role in the jump shot, just as the back arm still has an important role in the baseball swing. Even though it's at the start of the forward swing, it's just supporting. It's not contributing any forward movement toward the ball. Um, so I, I, I see that a lot out there pertaining to the front arm. How um, no coach is taking the position that it should compress up against your chest. They're too afraid to take that. That's a position that's too radical because people will say, well, that's bat drag. That, you're just going to drag the bat through the zone. That's a misconception. Actually, the opposite happens. If you get the front arm very straight and compressed up against your chest to start the forward swing, what happens is the bat prepares to enter the zone far before it enters the zone, long before it enters the zone. That way you're getting the backward bend of the bat while it's way behind you and it has plenty of time to then bend forward and provide a slap onto the ball. Alternatively, if you have a back arm dominant swing, you're pushing the bat handle outward into the hitting zone early, immediately, and now the bat is bending backward almost as it's traveling through the zone. 
and it doesn't have very much time to get into forward bend. So you're actually going to drag it more by having a back arm dominant swing and, and doing any sort of pushing of the hands or handle forward towards the ball at the very start of the forward swing. You want to have, it's so important that you have that dropping of the hands, the flattening of the barrel, and the compressing of the front arm against the chest. This is the magic move that sets you on the track for a swing that will produce home runs and a high batting average. Think of it as a train track. It, and it really veers off at the very start of the forward swing. If you screw that up, it's going to be impossible to get back on track. If you get it right, it's going to be impossible to screw it up. Okay, so it takes you in two different directions. Um, another thing that I see out there in, in swing mechanics so often is the it's all relative sort of argument. This is almost ubiquitous in every single uh, swing instruction book or video. You know, there's always a caveat to what the coach is saying where he's, he goes, but it's all relative. Everyone needs to find their own best way to swing. Um, you'll often hear coaches talk about how their main job is, is, is reading the players' personalities and, you know, hitting coaches who say that, you know, that they have to learn how to talk with a player and, and all that. Uh, I, I think that those are mostly uh, cop-outs for actually having figured out something mechanically. Um, it doesn't have to do with the personality of the player. We're talking about a best way to do a particular movement. And the argument out there is that there is no best way. Um, which is extremely unlikely and nonsensical really why would there not be a best way to swing a bat for home runs and average i mean if you let's say we could just you know figure out that answer by entering it into a computer like would the computer really shoot back like no there's no answer to that it's there's no best way no i mean a computer that really had a way of figuring that out, of course, it would be able to figure out there is a best way to swing the bat for home runs and higher batting average. There's always a best in anything. There's a best of, of you take a group of anything, there's a, a best way to do it, there's a best among the group, um, and there's no reason to think there isn't a best way to swing, but conventional hitting coaches almost i mean to the man will say that there is nothing to figure out mechanically everyone has to find their own best way i think that the future of of swing mechanics and baseball in general will be one in which we come to the realization that there is a best way to swing and we actually start to learn the, the positions that are the best because there actually are positions that are detrimental to your batting average or your home run total.
and there are positions that that uh, assist with your batting average and home run total. So moving on, I want to talk about another thing I, I hear a lot is pulling off the baseball. <laughs> it's so funny, and this is another reason why you know there's such a need for a revolution in, in this industry is that the phrases that have become popular, like stay inside the baseball or pulling off the baseball, they're so open to interpretation because it's actually impossible to do the opposite. Have you ever noticed, you know, you can't not stay inside the baseball. So the actual words that they use are, it's impossible not to do it. So, um, I mean, can you imagine if your hands went around and outside the flight of the baseball? That would, nobody swings like that. Um, and then pulling off the baseball. Again, very hard to interpret. Um, pretty much you have to rotate, so you're kind of pulling off on every swing. So it's, it's unclear. Um, but this goes back to the bat drag thing. People are so afraid of bat drag. And, and rightfully so. The poor hitter will always feel like it's hard to square the bat up in time. Remember that. The poor hitter will always be struggling for space to square the barrel up to the ball. Okay, so he'll, he'll always feel jammed in a way. Like he can never get that barrel to... to square up. So he's going to often be hitting balls late, popping them up to the first baseman or just um, foul balls, you know. Um, and this is due to the fact that he is creating too much bat drag. I don't call it that because that's kind of a, in my opinion, a misnomer. It It's more that he has a very small moving fulcrum. The bat is, is not square for a very long time through the zone. Another way to say that is that he's creating too much bat drag. So rightfully so that they're so afraid of bat drag out there. Um, the problem is they don't know what the culprit is for the bat drag. The culprit for the bat drag is not having a front arm dominant swing. Again, if your hands are firing outward toward the ball at the start of the forward swing um, and you're not getting that compressed, mostly straight front arm as you start the forward swing, then you're creating bat drag. And, and that's what people see as pulling off the baseball. Because what they think is that you rotated too far and so the bat didn't have time and it just dragged through the zone. It didn't have time to square up. That's not how it works though. Um, if, if you have a front arm dominant swing, yes, you might be more open at contact, but what, what does that matter? You know, what matters is the bat barrel is squarer for a longer period of time through the zone. So 
you know, that that pretty much uh, covers that, the myth of pulling off the baseball. Um, I think that I've kind of beat that horse in this podcast. Um, that bat drag is really, really isn't what people think it is. Yes, it does exist. It's not what I call it, but it does it. You know, we're talking about pretty much the same action, um, which is a pretty much a late barrel. I mean, that that's that's what bat drag essentially is indicating and trying to convey is a late barrel, um, and that's caused with a back arm dominant swing. So, if you want a barrel that's entering the zone early and staying there for a long time. Make your swing front arm dominant. It's counterintuitive because the front arm straightens and compresses up against the chest, and people just assume that that's associated with bat drag. Um, like you're leaving your bat behind, so therefore you must be leaving the barrel behind, but not the case. Um, so, those are just a few of the topics uh, that I've kind of jotted down as. Things that I see a lot, questions that I get a lot. Um, I appreciate everyone's feedback on YouTube and even on the website. Um, please keep keep the feedback going. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, get these podcasts. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you can. I don't even know how that works, to be honest with you, but. Get noticed notifications if uh, if a new podcast comes up, if you can. Um, let me know, though, if you have some questions, have some things that you want me to talk about. Look, what I'm trying to do is just bring the absolute best information I can to you guys. I see what's out there. Um, even the the guys who are considered the best of the best out there. I, I mean no disrespect to any of them, but I, I don't see I don't see that they're giving you anything of value. Um, so I wanna, you know, I've put my life into understanding the swing and I wanna give you guys the lessons that the swing has taught me. And um, so that's the purpose of this podcast. What's cool about this is you can just, you know, Put this thing on, set up your tea, and um, put in a good, uh, you know, 45 minutes, whatever this podcast lasts, and put in a good tea session with someone rapping about about the swing, you know. Um, no doubt this podcast will, will attract uh, people who are like me in that you just love the swing, um, you love to try to figure it out, and uh, hopefully... Um, you get a lot out of this podcast and, and uh, um, I appreciate you guys listening. So until next time, take care.